Well, hello, everyone. I am Daniel Morgan of Golden Harvest Outreach Ministry. As we always say here, today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, people of God and others who may be looking at this video recording, first, let me just say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to look at this video recording as we continue our Explore Bible Basic session. Before I dive into the Explore Bible Basic, let's just say a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercies. And we thank you for all of your wonderful benefits. Your love, your grace, and your mercies are new to us each and every day. And we just pause to say thank you for that. Father God, we also just want to acknowledge that you are God, that you are Lord. You are our protector and you are our provider. Though we are experiencing a lot of havoc, we're experiencing a lot of death, we're experiencing a lot of pain and even fear as this COVID-19, this coronavirus, attack our world, our nations, our states, and our community. But Father God, we know that you're in control. We pray right now, Father God, for your peace. The peace that you say, Lord Jesus, that you give that surpasses understanding. We pray for your peace so that we do not live in fear, Father God, for what is going on now or for what may come. For we know, Father God, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of sound mind, power, and love. So, Father, we pray also that as we continue this, explore Bible basics, as we look at chapter 3 of the book of John, we pray that you will be with us, that you will open our hearts, our minds, and our ears, so that we may hear what you will have us to hear, and that your Holy Spirit will speak to us. Father God, I pray now also that you will hide me behind the cross, cover me in the precious blood. May the words that I speak be the words that you will have me to say as we go through this Bible study session. We thank you, we love you, we give you all the praise. For it is in Christ's name that we pray, amen. Well, brothers and sisters, I also want to encourage you, if you not looked at our previous sessions, our previous posting on Instagram, uh, we have a few out on YouTube now. You can also go to our website at goyearharvestoutreach.com and you can see the other postings that we now have out there regarding who we are, posts regarding the Lord Jesus, who is God, the Holy Spirit, and other sessions on chapter 1 and chapter 2 of the Gospel of John. So with that as our introduction, let's go into the Word of God. As you may recall, in the previous two sessions, in chapters 1 and 2, we talked about who is God. We talked about who is Jesus. John went into some very detailed explanations about who Jesus is. And he begins this gospel by saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And John goes on to say that Jesus is the same as God, and that Jesus came from God, and that God and Jesus share the Godhead. John also tells us that Jesus was in the beginning with God. As you may know, Genesis 1, chapter 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering above the waters. And then in chapter 2, John goes on to continue his discussion about who Jesus is, and he also talks about um, Jesus' first miracle when Jesus goes into Canaan and Jesus turned the water into wine. 
In chapter 3, the first part of this chapter, we talked about the discussion that Jesus and Nicodemus had. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He was a Pharisee, and he came to Jesus by night, and he wanted to understand who Jesus was and what was needed for salvation. And Jesus gets into a discussion with Nicodemus and explains to him that he must be born again. Of course, Nicodemus being old did not understand what Jesus was talking about regarding he must be born again. So Jesus explained to Nicodemus that he must be born of water and of the Spirit. That is through baptism and of the Holy Spirit. Not a natural birth that comes through the will of man. Not a natural birth that comes uh, through the normal human relationship. But a spiritual birth. Born of the Holy Spirit and born of water through baptism. So let's now go into our primary discussion for today, which is part two of chapter three, dealing with verses 14 through 21. And this primarily deals with John the Baptist's testimony about Jesus. So we will begin with verse 14 and 15 in the chapter in chapter three. And I'll read those two verses. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So let's kind of dissect that a little. You may be familiar with Numbers 21, verse 9. That's Numbers chapter 21, verse 9. Jesus is referring to what happened with the Israelites because of their disobedience. God caused snakes to come up into the camp of the Israelites and the snakes began to kill and the snakes began to bite the people and the people were dying from those snake bites. God had Moses to construct or build a brass serpent and that brass serpent as it was built, it was raised up into the campsite and everyone that looked upon that brass serpent was healed and did not die from the serpent bites. John is saying that Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the brass serpent in the campsite, so the Son of Man, that is Jesus, Jesus must be lifted up. And of course, Jesus was lifted up upon the cross as he was crucified by the Romans. And in doing so, just as looking upon the brass serpent provided life for the Israelites, when we accept the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we are saved as well. Of course, of course, our salvation is not from our physical death, but it is a spiritual salvation. And in this salvation, we get to have eternal life. So verse number 16 we're all familiar with this, or at least many of us, especially those who are Bible students, you're familiar with verse 16, and it reads, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. You know, John 3.16 is a favorite saying by many Christians, and it is a, and it is a beautiful summary of God's plan for saving man saving humanity through Jesus Christ. You know, because of our sin, we ought to just perish eternally. 
We sin, and sin leads to death. And because of our sin, which is against God, we should be punished eternally. That should not necessarily be salvation. But because God loved us so much, because of his grace and his mercy, he allowed for the plan of salvation that we might be saved through his son, Jesus, if we believe. You can look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 through 9, to get an understanding of this. Additionally, you can look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23, as well as John chapter 5, verse 11, and Matthew chapter 24, verse 26. You know, to make this possible for Jesus to be our salvation, Jesus had to die. He had to die on the cross. Number one, it was prophesied, but more importantly, you know, God requires a sacrifice for sin. In the Old Testament, they sacrificed bulls and rams and doves, but Jesus was sent to be the one and only one-time sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. You know, though Jesus was innocent of sin, he was innocent of sin. He who was without sin became a sin offering. Jesus became a sin offering, the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. Jesus was punished so that we who are guilty of sin may go free. And that is free from the penalty of sin, which is death. You know that God was willing to send his son Jesus to die on the cross proves his great love for us. That God and his divine foreknowledge, knowing what will happen with mankind and our separation from him, came up with this plan of redemption. Jesus is God's gift to the world. But in order to receive this gift, you must believe. Remember, he said that whosoever might believe, the whosoever, we're all the whosoever's. Regardless of our status in life, whether we are rich or poor, famous or just a nobody, we're all whosoever's, and we're all in need of salvation. Remember, brothers and sisters, that salvation is so simple. It is, it is so simple, and it's free. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 tells us that if we confess with thy mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For it is with thy heart that we believe and are justified, and it is with thy mouth that we confess to salvation. For everyone who believes, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and believe will be saved. You know, people of God, though we have salvation, we also need to be baptized with water and of the Holy Spirit. And that is, of course, what we read earlier when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about you must be baptized and you must be born again. You know, at the end of the chapter of Matthew and the chapter of Mark, Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and to preach this gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and we, and we were all made to drink 
of one spirit. And then look at Acts chapter 1 verse 5. It tells us that for John baptized with water, this is Jesus speaking, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then over in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's that word again, gift. Jesus was a gift to us and the Holy Spirit is also a gift. Before moving on, I want to address this issue, this theology regarding predestination. And that is that certain people are predestined and that the rest of humanity has no chance for salvation. Brothers and sisters, if you're familiar with this, if you believe this particular theology, I simply want to say I do not believe this is true, nor do I believe the Bible supports this. You know, this would lead to certain people who are being steeped in sin, we might say, believing that because of their sin, there's just nowhere in the world God can save them. And I don't think this is the case. The scripture that we read earlier, John 3.16, says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, you know, the whoever rules out this predestination and preselections of individual, God, in his foreknowledge, knew who would respond to him. And I believe that this misunderstanding comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 29 through 30, which says, But those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren, and these whom he predestined, he also called. Now, brothers and sisters, let's take a look at that. I think that people who read that and take that word predestined forget about the first word. The first word used there is God for you. So here's how I believe the scripture and that God, the Lord Jesus, will have us to understand this. God for you. It says for those he for you, he predestined. God who is omniscient, knows all things, who declares that he is a God that declares that things are not as though they were, who speaks of things at the beginning about the end. He declares the end at the very beginning. He challenges people regarding their gods. Do you have a God who can do something like this? He says that there's none like me. So God in his foreknowledge, who foreknew that you and I and all of the people down through the generations, through the last couple thousand years, God foreknew those who would respond to the word. And because God foreknew those who would respond, he predestined those. That's all of those who called upon his son and believe in his son, confessing their sin because he said, whosoever. So God, in his foreknowledge, foreknew that you and I and others would accept his son, Jesus Christ, when we heard, when we heard the word. He predestined us. And then the word goes on to say that those who he predestined, he also called and those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he will glorify. But remember, the first word in that, in that sentence is those he foreknew. He foreknew us, and then those he foreknew, he predestined to the glory of God. 
Let's read verses 17 and 18. Verses 17 and 18 reads, But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. We're talking about believing in Jesus Christ. The word says that if we do not believe, we are condemned. And we're condemned if we do not believe. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. The person who does not believe in Jesus stands condemned already, as was read, because that person is guilty of sin. You know, brothers and sisters, the sacrifice of Jesus is what offers forgiveness. But we must believe in order to receive this forgiveness. If we do not believe, we remain in our sins. And so stand condemned because we do not believe. Again, Jesus did not come to condemn the world the first time. He came to save the world. And the second time that he comes, he will come as a judge and will condemn the world and all unforgiven sinners to eternal punishment. Remember that Jesus will come as a judge. You know, Jesus says that God does not judge anyone, but God has given all power on earth and in heaven to the Son, and that the Son will judge. All right, let's move on to verse 19. And verse 19 reads, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but man loves darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. So let's kind of dissect that a little. You know, as we said, condemnation is called by sinful deeds. That is, practicing sin. People remain condemned because even though Jesus brought light, that is truth and salvation, into the world, there are people that prefer to remain in sin. People do not come to Jesus for many reasons, but among those reasons is they do not want their sins to be revealed. James, the Apostle James, says in chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does God tempt any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. When sin is finished, it brings forth death. Now notice, brothers and sisters, what we're told here. Yes, God tests us, but God does not tempt us. As the scripture says, sin is conceived in our hearts or our mind. And once it is conceived, we think upon it. And upon, after thinking upon it, we act upon it. Some of the sins we only think about. We think about such things as lust. Other sins we act upon after thinking about them, and then we do those things. 
whether those things are sexual in nature, whether it is stealing or intentional lying, after thinking about lying, or any of the other things that Scripture calls sin, which is, which is disobedience to God. So, brothers and sisters, let us close with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for this time that we've had together. Thank you for the words that were spoken. Father God, I pray that the words that I pray that the words that I have spoken will encourage the believers. And Father God, I pray that your word for the unbeliever or the unsaved person will prick their hearts to, so that they may come to you and establish a relationship with you, Father God, so they can enjoy all the riches, all the blessings that comes from having a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Father God, that as we go through this period of time that our country is experiencing as, rest, as well as the rest of the world, that, Father God, you would not allow any of us to have a spirit of fear, but, Father God, to trust in you, because by trusting in you, we know that fear and faith cannot exist. We have faith in you, we have trust in you, and we thank you. Hide us behind the cross, cover us in your precious blood. May we be your hand and peace extended. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, know that God loves you, and so do we. Be blessed.